Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm Charlotte Snyder, and I'm podcasting from the Bandek Manasori in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Today, we have an interview with Jesse McCarthy of Montessori Education. We'll provide links to his site on the blog in the post that accompanies this podcast episode, Interview with Jesse McCarthy. Also, we encountered a bit of technical difficulties during the interview, so thank you for your patience, and thanks to Jesse for his graciousness and understanding while we were recording the interview. Enjoy! So I'm joined today by Jesse McCarthy. Jesse, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Um, so uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So in terms of Montessori, I didn't start in Montessori. So I actually started in kind of a traditional classroom. Um, and the beginning in Montessori was I was working, helping out in the front office of this Montessori school, oddly enough. And then I just, you know, observed a class, saw what was going on there. I was pretty impressed and pretty shocked. Um, and then just picked up one of Montessori's books, actually the California lectures of 1915, kind of this mm-hmm. strange one to read first, but it was just oh, had yeah. such an impact on me. So, so yeah. Yeah. And Those then, lectures are just incredible, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, I was very into kind of some dense reading at the time, so I kind of jumped right in and enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, that was my kind of intro. And then, you know, I kept teaching more traditional schooling, but then, you know, just getting further and further into Montessori, understanding children, and it just it just all started to make a lot of sense. And then uh, that was kind of my progression into Montessori, so. Wonderful. So were you always drawn to education? You know, I mean, I loved interacting with other people and helping them to understand things because, you know, if, when I had a great teacher, it was just had such a you know, profound impact on me. So mm-hmm. I thought, you know, this is something exciting, but I actually was thought about getting into business out of school. Um, I just had thought, you know, I want to work my way up in one of these companies I really, really love or I thought was, you know, really good companies. Um, And then I just got in there and it was, I mean, it was such a rewarding experience of just working, like really working your butt off all day long. But I realized that I wanted something a little bit more stimulating mentally for me. Um, And then I just kind of got the offer to teach in a vocab class, actually, of uh, eighth graders. and. Uh And man, it was just, it was just such a fun time working with these students. So I just fell in love with teaching. Wonderful. And so you uh, were working in a Montessori school, but not in um, a classroom guide or classroom teacher position when you were first introduced? Yeah, we had a, we had a unique situation where everybody was kind of really into Montessori for the younger children, but Mm -hmm. we were doing some, it's a private school and we were doing some unique things in terms of content with the older children. So we had, you know, each of us, like I was the history specialist. So we really delved into history. So we were developing more of this kind of content heavy curriculum, but also, (laughs) but also like really appreciating the respect for a child and so forth. And it took years to transition and realize that hey, the stuff that's going on with the little, the quote, little kids actually could be really helpful for the older children. Um, So I had to learn that through experience. And I think that's why it kind of grounded me because I could see what worked and what didn't um, as we started to integrate Montessori. So Wonderful. And so uh, then how did that grow? Then did you go 
get your training after that? Yeah, so slowly but surely. So all this kind of worked alongside with what were the needs of the school. So we were developing schools. It was called Laporte Schools. I don't know if mm-hmm. you're familiar with Laporte, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I helped to develop the early stages of Laporte. And as we grew, there were different needs. Um, and one of those needs, as you know, if you're working at a school and anybody listening works at a school, is you've got a lot of stuff to run a school. So one of the needs was me as a head of school. So I got into the head of school role, started helping with parents and children, and then realized at some point, like if I was going to continue to grow, I became an executive with the company. The school was becoming Montessori, like real Montessori, and I was pushing for real Montessori through. So I said, I got to get my training. Um, so I went and then got my train as a primary, uh, primary train, three to six at a mm-hmm. Montessori Institute of San Diego. Mm-hmm. So were you with Dr. Dubavoy? Yeah, yeah. And she's she's wonderful. She's a friend of mine. I just, I love her. She's, she's incredible. We watched her, um, the uh, continuing education and the webinars that she does. Yeah. And every time we watch one, we're just so inspired. She makes it sound so easy. And I know. <laughs> magical. <laughs> yeah, she's, I mean, it's a lot of times she'll say, you know, somebody will come to her with a problem and, and you know, say, oh, this child's not doing this, child's not doing this. She's like, maybe you should look inside. You know, she's got this line and I love it. So yeah. she, she's she got such a, a deep background in psychology. So I think she understands both children and uh, to a large extent adults. So it's very helpful. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Which is lovely, a nice transition. So it, it sounds like currently your work uh, is more primarily with adults these days than primarily classroom work with children. Yeah. So I work mainly with teachers and parents and helping them work with children. So, so if, um, you're at a, if you're at a party and somebody asks you, what do you do? How do you answer that question? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, Montessorians would kind of be maybe a little shocked in this, but I'll say I help parents to get their children to listen. Okay. And, and I mean, I know that for Montessorians, that can be kind of shocking because what happens with a norm, quote, normal parent out in the real world, they're not looking for deep theory. They're not looking for, I want to, you know, inspire my child. They're like have immediate pains. And one of them is, I don't know how to get my child to listen. Mm-hmm. So I normally start with that. And then as we go in and start to hear some of the problems that they have, that's when I can start applying a lot of the Montessori theory and a lot of what works just with respect with children, listening to children, listening to mm-hmm. yourself as an adult. Um, but what I found is that, quote, normal parents or just people out there in the real world, they want to deal with their immediate problems first. They're not necessarily coming to you to have a lecture about, you know, math and Montessori or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Um, we've heard more and more um, about um, uh, bloggers and, and educators, um, and particularly with parent education, of wanting to talk about Montessori without using the word Montessori. Because um, we get so excited about Montessori, um, but it really um, so often is when we're speaking with parents about my child won't eat their lunch or my child won't go to bed or like you said, they won't listen. Um, it's a lecture is the last thing you need. You need real tangible advice and, and yep. support and a sounding board. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we're in, it's kind of, it's interesting how we're, we're normally very good with children in the Montessori community, but sometimes it can be difficult to speak to adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, even the word Montessori, I'll give you an example. I was, uh, I was at the doctor's office, like very minor things and serious. I was, uh, you know, she saw I had a Montessori education shirt for the company yeah. I have. And she said, oh, so you're, you're in Montessori? 
And I was like, oh yeah. And I started to go into what I do and so forth. And she says, oh, I had a horrible experience at my child's Montessori school. So she, and she told me about how this teacher basically just ridiculed her son. And, and as I listened, it was clear this wasn't a real Montessori school, right? They had the name. So one of the reasons why I don't jump immediately into saying, Hey, I'm going to teach you about Montessori is Mm -hmm. a lot of parents have had bad experiences because they've been at schools that aren't actually Montessori. Yeah. So I use that word and it can be a turnoff to some parents immediately. So, uh, so I kind of think of it as like the slow burn, like they, they're, they're like wrapped in like, oh my gosh, this guy can solve my problems. And it's like, yeah, yeah we're going to get a little deeper than you thought, you know? Yeah. So. yeah. And all of it's like how we introduce um, addition to children where we, in, we start with all of the helpful information and this is so fun. And then at the end we say, you just did an addition and we yes. give all that, the helpful tools and the, here's a resource. And if you're interested in learning more, you know, pick up these different books and oh by the way yeah. this philosophy is called Montessori. Yeah, I think that that's a great analogy because you're you're so right. We don't start with the abstract with a child. Like we mm-hmm. start with where he's at and what's going to make get him to be in, in enjoy the process and then later you're like, "Oh yeah, and you just learned how to read." You know, yeah. it's just like so uh so yeah, I think that's a great analogy. Yeah, wonderful. So um you have uh a, a fairly new uh, venture going on, um, Parenting Fast Track. Can you, yeah. can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, so Parenting Fast Track, I mean, I've always worked with parents, you know, whether groups or one-on-one, just as the same with teachers, but I decided to put together a program that I could actually kind of promote that I wasn't really doing a lot of promoting before. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really, I mean, I call it the Fast Track because there's just so much info thrown out at parents today. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're coming from. I'm sure, you know, every parent's heard every single piece of advice that anybody has ever thought of in their life. You know, it just gets yeah. tossed at them. So I wanted to get something that kind of it sifts through all of that stuff and just gets at what problem are you facing and let's find a solution for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, I mean, the analogy for me in Montessori is, the individual matters. So as teachers, we come into a class and we don't have this hardcore curriculum that we're just going to apply to everybody equally. It's, okay, who's this child in front of me? Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to parents, a lot of these programs, a lot of these books, a lot of the blogs, they just talk to, quote, parents. And that's not what I do. Like, I'll talk to Sally or Steve or, you know, Jenny. It's That's how I try to focus on who are you as a parent, what are your needs, and let's find solutions fast and that are lasting. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's an individualized program, and I, it's just I've learned so much about through working Montessori with children that through the years I've been able to apply a lot of it to us as adults. So I wanted to create something to help parents as well. So are you noticing or have you stumbled upon um, any any common themes in your work with parents? Yeah. I mean, and you'll see if you if you go over to Parenting Fast Track, it's, I mean, a few of the main problems, right, is a child, I say won't listen because that's the, the basic general thing. But yeah, so maybe I'll step back and say, I'll give you a few concrete things that come up often, and then I'll give you kind of some deeper issues that come up often. So the concrete things are what 
I mean, any parent listening has probably dealt with. So you've got, my child won't eat what we're trying to have him eat. Uh, my child won't get to bed when we're trying to have him go to bed on that time. My child won't put away things after he's taken them out. Um, he won't go to, the, he won't use the tub when he's supposed to use the tub, these type of things. Um, so what, what I do is I focus on, well, how do we solve those both with practical skills and then some deeper stuff like, well, you know, have you thought about what your child his real interests are. So mm -hmm. if, if you're saying, I want him to put away the toy, have you thought about what it's like for yourself, you know, when, when you don't want to put something away? Yeah. And I have this analogy of like, if we're watching Netflix or something and somebody says, oh yeah, we got to go to that lunch meeting. And it's like, but I want to keep watching. You know, so one of the things we get into is what are your child's needs? What are his desires? And then how can you communicate with him in a way that both satisfies those and satisfies your own? Um, and that that I think is one of the biggest struggles because but parents just don't know a lot about child development. They don't they might know their individual child, but they don't know about what his needs are. And mm -hmm. then in many cases, since a lot of us were raised not to really understand our needs or to look into our emotions, we don't know what we want yeah. as adults. So, um, so I found, a, I find a lot of parents kind of struggling. Like, I don't really know how I want my child to behave, but I'm, he's supposed to behave. Yeah. So, so we delve into kind of what do you want your household to look like? What would the ideal situation look like for you? And then, mm -hmm. and then I work with one-on-one -on -one with parents to actually get there to, I mean, like really, really get there. So it's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that kind of goes into that. Um, we hear these Montessori terms being kind of thrown around, like follow the child. And what mm -hmm. does that mean? Um, and sometimes uh, as, as parents, like there are things that just need to happen. Like uh, bedtime is a non-negotiable um, mm -hmm. or like, no, we do have to leave the house. And I know you're very capable of putting on your own shoes, but we have to go. Yeah. Um, and then we notice patterns emerging of like, if I let my child do this themselves, we're always late or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and so wanting to be uh, receptive to those um to those developmental moments that are naturally emerging, but also being really respectful of appointments or of the things that need to happen. Just because you want to put on your own shoes does not mean you get to make your sibling late for soccer or yeah. whatever the case may be. And so balancing those two pieces of uh, following the child, but also all of the stuff that has to happen in order to function as a family or as that parent-child relationship and making sure that uh, there's that security that comes when a child knows you're the adult, you're in charge. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a really safe space for a child. And so really embracing both of those pieces. Yeah. And I, I, I can't tell you how many times, because I've, I've worked with so many different Montessori teachers and, and so many different parents through the years that I've seen some teachers that are, you know, they tell these parents and usually these are teachers that are like straight out of training, don't have kids themselves. And they, you know, they tell these parents, you know, you should spend time in the morning, you know, teaching your child this. And like, even if it takes 45 minutes, an hour, and I'm like, oh boy, a lot, because a lot of these parents are working parents. There's no yeah. way they can spend that time in the morning. Yeah. So instead of kind of guilting um, the parents into kind of feeling bad for what's going on, what I try to do, and, I, and I've seen a, a few good, really good Montessori, Montessori teachers do this, is they'll speak to the parent about ways in which they can accommodate their child while also accommodating their own needs. And like a good example of this is 
do as much as possible the night before. Oh, yeah. So like, you know, like picking out an outfit in the morning is difficult for us adults sometimes, at least sometimes yeah. it can be for me. So get that done the night before. Mm-hmm. So there's, it's that, there's just these little type of practical things you can do to make your life a little bit easier with your child while also respecting his needs. Like a child needs more time in the morning than you do. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to change your schedule a little bit. But that doesn't mean you need 45 minutes to get dressed in the morning. Like something's going wrong if that's the case, you know, day in and day out. So, yeah. So, uh, sorry about that. Um, we had a little bit of technical difficulties. We'll, we'll approach it in a Montessori manner and just embrace making mistakes and learning for next time. Um, so we were chatting about giving, um, more information when we have space and time so that then when, uh, the urgency strikes, then uh, we have grace and we have space for, let's say, uh, getting dressed in the morning. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, one thing I would say, since we just had a little technical difficulty, is what I do find with parents, and I mean, I think this was with most of us adults. I mean, I haven't come across somebody who doesn't have this issue, um, but it's hard to mess up and then just hop back in and get going again. Yeah. Um, and, And I mean, we're here on this podcast and that's, you know, this little mess up, but a lot of times with parents is that you know you feel like, oh, this isn't working. I'm a mess. I'm a failure. I can't get my kids in order, that type of thing. And it's like, we don't do that in other areas. Like, you know, if, if the car gets a flat tire, like we might be upset for a moment, but then it's like, okay, let's go fix it. Yeah. But oftentimes when it becomes something that's really kind of really important to us, it's hard. It's hard to just say, oh yeah, I messed up. Now what should I do next time? Yeah. So a lot of the work I do with parents is just talking through, okay, so what happened? Um, Let's see what we can do to solve that. And by the way, man, I've seen hundreds, maybe thousands of parents have the same problem and you could do it. You could fix it. You know, it's, and and it's just gonna, it's gonna take a little time. It's gonna take a little work, but you can get through it. Um, And the more we're able to do that as adults, the more children see that and they're like, oh yeah, it is okay to mess up. Yeah. So, um, so that's a big part of, of what I do with the parenting fast track. So we were talking about making sure that we we do a little bit of preparation the night before. And I've heard it phrased as like paying it forward for your future self. Like what can we do? What can we do tonight that your future self will thank you for? Yeah. Um, Because like we know what's happening now. Um, And as hard as it is to do something now, if it's, it can be easy to be like, I'll deal with it tomorrow. But tomorrow we don't know what's going to happen. Like tomorrow somebody might be sick or tomorrow um, we might be extra tired or something might happen. There might be car trouble. Um, And so doing what we can when we can, so that then when things go sideways, uh, at least we know what we're wearing. Yeah, (laughs) that's exactly And I mean, I think a lot of this comes from that, you know, we try to work with children to kind of self-calm and have some self-discipline and understand their emotions. And I think a lot of us didn't get this as children. I mean, I can Mm -hmm. definitely speak for myself. Um, So when you want, you know, that cookie, you're going to go eat that cookie. So what we can do as adults is we can say, okay, I'm not going to have any cookies in the house. Yep. (laughs) You know? And it's, it's funny that a lot of that is what we're trying to help children to do, but we tend to lose our cool on children when they just really, 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 really want something. Yeah. You know, instead of saying, oh yeah, what's happening with them is kind of what sometimes happens with me. Like my emotions are getting control of me. Yeah. So let's prepare an environment in which 
you know, my emotions, they might want a cookie, but guess what? There's no cookies in the house. Yeah. And if you have to do that little extra effort or, you know, if, uh, sometimes, well, if we can have that, uh, not deferment, but um, a little bit of distraction or a little bit, well, sorry, it's not available. And I understand that too. But um, if it's just not available, that that sensation passes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And or, I think that's a, that's a very good point. Because I think you're right. Is like the emotion in the moment might feel very, very, very strong. But if we can put these tactics in place, five minutes later, it's like, oh, where'd that go? It's yeah. gone. Yeah. You know? Um, I actually saw a teacher once that was just this, this memory has stuck with me that there was a child who was just bawling his eyes out because his mom, now I'm sure everybody's experienced this or most people have experienced this. Um, his mom had left, you know, it was one of his first days in Montessori school. And this teacher said, you know, she acknowledged emotions, which is a huge thing for me. Um, mm -hmm. and she said, Oh, you're really sad because your mom is gone. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm really sad about my mommy. And he's, you know, he's yeah. going on. And she kept, you know, saying, yeah, it's not fun when our mommies leave, but your mom's going to be back. And she went through this kind of acknowledging emotions. And then that distraction that you're talking about after she acknowledged emotions, she said, wow, you're wearing, you've got a blue shirt. Did you, did you see in my hair? I've got a hairband. It's blue. Yeah. And slowly as you're, as you were just saying, like his, his attention went to the hairband and yeah. then she put in a few other different things. And then all of a sudden his sniffles they're coming they're they're going and he's excited to go visit another girl down the way who's also wearing some certain color you know yeah so i agree completely those distractions can be so helpful but they have to first come when my viewers acknowledge emotions first because i'm seeing i've seen some parenting advice that's outside of montessori and they're like hey get your kid to stop focusing on his tantrum because you could distract them with a piece of candy yeah and it's like whoa that's not helpful but the kind of distraction I think you're talking about and then, and then what we're talking about here, I think is helpful. It's very helpful. So, yeah. Well, and it's that sort of, um, meet, meet the child where they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then, and then we can go to the next place together. Um, we don't necessarily want to just to stay in, in that moment. If it's, if it's pain or if it's, uh, just overexcited, uh, hyperactive energy or, you know, wherever it is, we meet them where they are. And if we're trying to settle down because it's time for the children to rest or gathering to go home, we might start with a really vigorous song and then move into a more calm place. But we have to start by meeting them where they are, because if we're just coming at them sideways with this, no, I want you to be in this different place. It's so abrupt and it's yeah. not, it's not very empathetic. Yeah. And I, th and I think the, the empathy thing for me is just, it's like, we don't realize what problems that can cause down the road. So, mm -hmm. you know, I hear on the other side of the parenting spectrum is kind of these, these people that are pushing back against, you know, allow your child to do anything. So they're on the opposite. They were like, Hey, let's get back to some like real deal parenting. You get your kid to be quiet. And <laughs> it's so dangerous because it might, technically work because if you really say you're going to be quiet now you're going to be in trouble your child might be quiet in the moment but boy you've just suppressed some serious anger now he's probably got some like built up hostility towards you that will come out yeah you know later down the road and a lot of parents are like well i got my child to be quiet but you know i've worked with teenagers who don't talk to their parents anymore yeah because they were quieted for the last 12 13 years mm -hmm. 
So mm-hmm. I just, you know, I work, it's really important for me to be, you know, I think of empathy for both of us because we want to have a good relationship with our children or our students way down the road too, not just now, but down the road, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, and we always know uh, what message we're trying to send. Uh, we always know how we intend. And that's part of the reason we're, we're so much more gracious with ourselves than sometimes we are with somebody who's uh, affronted us or hurt our feelings. And and that's, that's universal. Um, that if it's a child or if it's an adult, and then if a, if a child is the one disagreeing with us, or uh, if it's another adult, a, a perhaps they commented on something and we feel slighted by it. We always know what we intend, Mm -hmm. but that's not always the message that we're sending. Um, And sometimes when, when those don't match up that we're, what we're trying to do is get the tantrum to stop. But like you said, uh, what it actually is, is just getting that child to be quiet. Um, Or uh, if it's true communication and that it goes both ways and that the message that we intend is also the message that's received that I I hear what you're, I hear what you're upset about, or I hear what you don't want to do or that you'd rather play. Let's figure out a way to address this together. Um, It's a very, it's a very different message and it is relationship building, even though you can marry the two pieces of this is what needs to happen in our family and the child development that has no timeline for, for schedules or anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you're, what you're getting at and in Montessori, we call this kind of the freedom within limits. Yeah. And, um, and I think that's so true. And, you know, and kind of your, your raising how we kind of communicate and how we're coming across. Um, one of my favorite child you know, kind of parenting coaches, child psychologists, he's, he's dead now. Um, his name is Haim Gannat. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's the mentor of, you know, how to talk so kids will listen, the people who mm-hmm. wrote, the, the women who wrote that. But mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of his. And he always used to say, you know, would you talk to guests like you talk to your child? Yeah. You know, and he'd give these examples like, you know, how, you know, if you're talking to a child, you, you know, you, you lost your umbrella. I mean, you're always losing things. And like, could you imagine a guest comes over and loses something? And that's how you talk to them. Like, there's no yeah. way. So, um, you know, in, Mon- in the Montessori world, I think we're, we are much better at communicating with children than the, the general public from what I've seen. But what I want to do is not just have it in our little kind of niche community. Like we want to broaden it out and reach, reach other parents because those are the ones that are struggling. And those are the ones that often don't know how they're communicating with their child, as you were saying. They, they can't hear their own voice. Yeah. Um, so, so those are the ones I think that need the real help the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. Wonderful. And so one more project that you're working on, you are writing a book. Yes. Yes. So the Montessori education book. Yeah. So there's a, the intro is out there. So what's happened with the book is like these other projects come up and it's like, I love writing the book, but it's, these are like projects that are so pressing. Like I want to reach these parents. So, so every day I write a little bit of the book and I'm, I'm thinking it should come out next year. Um, okay. But it's been a it's been a fun time writing a book because you realize your plans about when it's going to be done and when it's going to be published don't necessarily come true. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I'm really excited. There's a few people that are working on this with me, and I'm really excited. So we'll get out. Um, and but it's the other projects right now. So particularly Montessori education in terms of the speaking that I do, and then the parenting mm-hmm. fast track are the two main projects, and then the book is taking the third place at the moment. 
Here. And uh, just seasons of life, different things are, are urgent or inspired. Yeah. Um, but is it going to be um, more um, more of what you're working on, um, what you've shared about um, parenting and um, uh, communicating with children and those tips? Or what's the, what's the focus? Oh, good question. No. So yeah, the Montessori education book is just like, it is an intro for quote, you know, kind of the normal mom or dad. So it's for somebody out there who's heard of Montessori, maybe heard some good things, maybe heard some bad things. And this is kind of that, here's a peek into the classroom and what it's all about. Oh, wonderful. So kind of yeah. like like a primer. Yeah, exactly. And and the way I look at it is what I'm trying to to do with it is to walk a parent through a classroom, both, you know, visually you can see what's going on in there, but then to get at the deeper meaning behind some of this and say, what are we trying to accomplish? Because, you know, sometimes there's the super dense theory books and then there's the kind of practical describing in detail each material. And what I'm trying to do is kind of marry the two so that you have a basic intro that's both exciting and engaging, but you also learn something meaningful at the same time. Yeah. Wonderful. And you expect that to be coming out um, next year, you said? Yeah. I mean, I would say, I'm going to say next year, but it's funny that one of the funny things about this is I used to listen to this lecturer who I really liked and for this, he had like lectures from the 1970s and I'd listen to his lectures. They'd go year after year. And every time at the end of his book, he'd say, at the end of his lecture, he'd say, and the book should be coming out this next year. And, you know, and, and I'm listening to these lectures like 30 years later and there's still no book, you know? No book. Um, but, but I would say if not next year, the year after hundred percent, like I'm committing to that. Um, and it's funny because I have this Montessori quote that just haunts me. It's like, uh, people of character are able to finish what they start. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get this book done. At some point. Yeah. I like in that quote, there's no time limit. Yeah, that's and true. That's, that's very nice of you to say that. Charlotte. <laughs> Well, but no, 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 but yeah, but the book is, the book is going really well. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to have a lot of great content. Um, I love the intro. I mean, the intro to me was so meaningful. Uh, uh -huh. And there's a few other moments in the book that I think are that, that are pretty powerful too. So I'm excited to get it out. Awesome. Wonderful. So we would love to touch base um, when that comes out and hear more about that adventure. Definitely. Um, but before you go, can you tell us, um, we'll, we'll link on the site, yep. um, but can you tell us where we can find you online and in person? Yeah. So I think, I mean, for this audience, since Montessori, I think the easiest thing is just MontessoriEducation.com. Perfect. So that's, that's literally my site. Um, I'm going to be speaking at the AMI USA conference coming up uh, in New Orleans. So uh -huh. I don't know how familiar the audience is with that, the conference coming up, but I'm pumped to do that. So if you are there, you can, we can meet in person there. Um, I'll be speaking. One is on kind of a basic introduction to Montessori for, you know, general audience, like parents, educators out there. Um, and then the other one, which is also exciting for Montessori teachers and administrators is how to communicate with parents effectively. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that's, that's just been a strength that I've tried to develop over the years and it was helpful in my career. So I wanted to share as much as I know with uh, others out there in the community. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that expertise at the conference and for, for chatting with us today. Um, and it's always such a joy to hear this inspiring work. So thank you so much for sharing your story. Yeah. And thank you very much. And I, you know, in ending here, I just want to say that I saw your site a few years back and I was just like, wow, this is such a gorgeous site. So it's, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's nice. And I'm thankful to be on your 
podcast here because it was just, it's interesting to think from a few years ago when I was looking at your site, just being like, wow, that's a gorgeous, gorgeous site. And now I'm chatting with you guys. So it's, it's nice to be on as well. So thanks. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. Yep. All right. Well, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bondec and email us with comments, questions, and suggestions at hello at Until next time.